All right. Welcome back, y'all, to the Low Bottom High Rise podcast with me, Moira Kasaba. And I am thrilled today to have the one and only Justin Schenk on the podcast today. Justin, you are one of the top podcasters, honestly, in the world. You have been ranked in Inc. Magazine. There's a story there that we're going to want to share. You're doing so much just good work in the world. And, you know, I feel like you are just a vessel for other people's voices, but also your own story. I got to see you speak at Amberly Lago's event. Um, it was fun for me because I was in the background. I usually am speaking at those events. And because it was close to home, I got to drive up and sneak into the back. Um, and your presentation just blew my mind. And everyone around me, and this just speaks to who you are as a human being, everyone around me was like, you don't know Justin, you need to know Justin, I need to introduce you. And I am just thrilled to be able to share your story and your knowledge and your wisdom with my listeners. So thanks for being here. Yeah, Maura, thank you so much for having me. And, and thank you for the kind words. You know, I, I actually was funny, I was speaking with Henry Amar yesterday. Oh, and, love that kid. Um, yeah, so we, we, did a, we did a podcast swap. So this is how, like, we literally recorded yesterday. It was, it's out today on my show, which was like a super fast turnaround for my team. They weren't too happy, but um, <laughs> <I get that. laughs> yeah, so, so he, he said, of course, kind things just like you did. And, um, you know, growing up, I was somebody who I was not very good at taking compliments. Yeah. Um, and so to this day, it's still weird for me to hear them. Totally and get like, that. I had to program myself to get to a point where I can just say, thank you. Yes. Uh, and so, so thank you so much for yeah. saying those kind words, right? I used to have a joke my, as my podcast really started to grow, I'd run into people and they'd be like, oh, I listen to your podcast. And I always used to go, oh, you're, oh, you're the one, right? Like <laughs> right. a joke of like, oh, you're the one person. But I realized it was like this self-deprecating yes. type of behavior. And I'm yeah. sure we'll unpack some of that as we go through yeah. this conversation. But, um, but all of this rambling on to just say, thank you so much for the kind words. It means a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to dig into how this all came to be. Um, I know that just like you just said, whenever I get introduced on stages and stuff, I'm like, who who are they talking about? Like, you know, there's all these accolades and titles and I'm like, but I, I love to share that. And that's why the name of this podcast is Low Bottom High Rise, because it's so important, I think, to share the stories of the people that are like you, that are at the top of the freaking game and to share where it all started and where it came from. And it's, I'm so passionate about you know, kind of, if I can do it, you can do it. You know, like if you, if people understood my mentality 10 years ago, 20 years ago, the struggles that I've had and not just what they're seeing forward facing in the public mm -hmm. eye, they would have so much more belief in themselves for what is possible, you know? Yeah. So I want to go back. Can you tell kind of that story of, you know, who you used to be, who you've grown into and how this journey came to be? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's funny, this journey uh, happened with intention, but by accident, right? Mm. Like I, I knew I always kind of wanted to be where I am now, but I had no idea. Obviously, when I had these thoughts of, of grandeur, right, when I was 19, 20 years old, yeah. podcasting didn't even exist. So yeah. the vehicle that I, I used in order to create the impact that I can in the world didn't even exist at the time, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so it was really accidental. But to go back, right? In high school, I always say, if there's a senior superlative for least likely to succeed, it would have been me. Uh, at a yeah. 1.7 GPA, my mom was in the middle of a 20-year opioid addiction and my dad was in jail. 
And so when you look at all of that, like all signs pointed to, you've got no shot, kid. Like literal statistics based off of what what are out there in the world, right? Your parents an addict, you have 50% chance of being an addict. If your parents in jail, you're 50% chance of ending up in jail. If you do the math, I'm 100% screwed, right? Like there's no way that I could get out of this. Um, But I had one thing on my side, well, two things on my side. One, um, my parents loved me unconditionally. Mm. Uh, they were my biggest cheerleaders, my biggest supporters. And I think I think when you can have that type of love as a child, it really can empower you in so many ways. Yeah. Number two, I had a massive sense of self-awareness at a very, very young age. Um, mm. I was very, very self-aware of everything, of myself, of everything that I was trying to really build in my life. Now, I didn't know where I wanted to go. Obviously, you're yeah. 16, 17 years old. Like, you don't know where you want to go. You you might have some ideas. Right. Um, but I knew where I didn't want to go. Yeah. Uh, and I knew that oh. I had to make choices in order to align myself the right way. And so, mm-hmm. obviously, if you have a 1.7 GPA in high school, you don't go to college. <laughs> Right. Uh, so I ended up getting a job in direct sales, which was the greatest gift. That's where I got introduced yeah. to uh, everything from public speaking to self-development. Uh, my 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 mentor within the organization handed me a book that was called Who Moved My Cheese? And it spoke mm, to me at the core, right? One. It's such a great book. And I always recommend it to everybody because it's a super easy read. So if you're not yeah. a reader, just go read it. Like it takes 45 yeah. minutes, right? Yep. Um, but it spoke to me at the core because it's all about how life is going to change around you. Uh, but what matters is how you react to that change. And all those mm. outside circumstances don't yes. matter. Uh, yeah. And so at 19, I was given this book that said, hey, you have an opportunity to build the life that you want. And it's not based off w- what other people have done or what other people have said or what other people have chosen around you. Thus really began the journey for me. Mm. Uh, tried to build multiple businesses, failed miserably. Um, and so I decided, you know, at the age of 29, I was like, hey, I'm going to do this podcast. Uh, and, and podcasting I was, interview- was really brand new back then. It was, you know, it's so funny. Like I used to tell people like, oh, I've, I have a podcast and they would go, what's a podcast. Right. <laughs> right. And so like now I tell them I have a podcast and they go, oh, you have one too. You know, <laughs> right. it's just one of those like roll your eyes types of things at this yes. point. And it's really funny. And I love seeing the progression of the medium because it really changes lives and it's on so many levels. And so I was like, let me interview entrepreneurs, pick their brain and, and figure out what I'm doing wrong. Almost kind of create my own Yes. teachers in my own school. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, what ended up happening was six months before I launched the show, my mom lost her battle to opioids mm, and so it was sorry. in, it was, it, I don't want to say it was in that moment. I ended up, um, and we can get into this if you want, but I ended up going, uh, on a three month bender where I was blackout drunk six nights a week. I can relate. Uh, literally like drink your face off, wake up in your bed and go, I have no idea how I got home type right. of bender. Right. Yeah. And um, it was really me. I, you talk about self-awareness. I knew while I was doing it, I was just running yes. from the pain, right. Running from the mm-hmm. idea that I had to face this. Uh, but once I finally did, uh, I was like, I had, I had a coach at the time and she called me and she's like, what are you doing tonight? And I said, well, I'm going out with some friends. And she goes, no, you're not. She's mm-hmm. like, you're going to sit and you're going to feel this. And so I did. And the next day I, I woke up and I had this great immense weight off of my shoulders. But I realized two things. One, I realized my mom didn't die because she was an addict. My mom died because she didn't love herself. Yeah. Uh, and two, I realized I didn't love myself either. And mm-hmm. so the podcast became about that. Like if you go back and listen to the first two years of the show, I was like, what self-love to you and how do I get it? Right. right like It was like right. literally yeah. me being like, feed me this information. Yes. Uh, and so, and, and obviously from there, a lot has taken off and we can get into that too, if you want. Yeah. God. So you just said so many things. One of the I things know, you I'm said, sorry. I feel like I rambled <laughs> I'm like, on. there's just, no, I'm like, there's just so much wisdom there. 
One of the things you said that I coach a lot of women through is they get really frustrated because they don't have the clarity of what they want to build or where where they want to go or the path. And you said, I didn't necessarily know what I wanted, but I knew what I didn't want. And I think when we start to embrace that as a gift and see that that is such an incredibly powerful place to begin the journey, you know, because I teach this concept of contrast clarity, like it's the contrast, it's what we don't want that points us in the direction of what we do want. But if we're negative and frustrated and pissed off about can't, we can't figure it out. I'm like, then you're never going to get that like two millimeter shift to where the light bulb shines and you're like, oh my gosh, that's where I'm going. And I'm I'm guessing that there was a whole lot along this journey, especially because it way back podcasting didn't exist. And then it did, but it was just putting one foot in front of the other, right? Because I know for me and my background where my whole entire world changed was network marketing. It just mm-hmm. opened up this growth world to me that I like drank out of the freaking fire hose because I needed it so desperately. And, you know, that's when everything in my life changed. But it was a whole lot of action taking when I had no idea what I was doing. It was listening to mentors, listening to coaches, listening to guides, telling me what to do. And I really think this is so much of what everyone is, the people that are frustrated, not where they want to be, they're lacking is just action right? Like you're not going to have it figured out. You're not going to be able to see 200 yards ahead. You're going to be able to see two inches in front of you and you just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. That's it. And so you mentioned something earlier when, when you first hit record about how, um, you know, it's good to show the rise, right? The, the things that we had to overcome, the things when it w- didn't seem easy, Etc. And and it, it almost makes you relatable, right? So mm-hmm. here's the reality: like I I also want people to look at me and go, "Well, if that guy could do it, I could do it too." Yeah. Um, but here's the thing: like I'm still scared every time I try right. something new. Yes. Like there's still fear in yeah. the next big thing, right? I've hosted live events, I've started masterminds, I've hosted retreats, I've done all these things that they're big risks, especially when you host big events because the cost is massive. Yeah. And you go. What if nobody shows up? Right. Right. Like I used to have back in 2019, I did my first big event and I would have a reoccurring nightmare where I was standing at the registration table and nobody was showing up. Right. Yeah. Like, great fear in it. But I realized this when you understand your purpose, yeah, it makes it a lot easier to, to walk into that fear, because if I have a purpose to make an impact in the world, which I believe my purpose is to let people know it doesn't matter where you come from and it doesn't even mm-hmm. matter where you are today. What matters are the choices you make today to create a yes. better tomorrow for yourself and the world. And so if I don't step into that fear or take the action needed, uh, then I'm not living my purpose, right? And there's yeah. lives that could change if I do live my purpose. And, and I had the biggest realization very early on in the podcast game. Uh, so for the first year or so, nobody really listened, uh, you know, 50, 60 downloads an episode. And I didn't know at the time that 80% of shows do less than 100 downloads an episode. Wow. Um, but, you know, so I was like, what is the point of this? Like, I'm doing all right. this work at the time. I was still doing all the editing, getting my guests, doing all these things. And I was like, what's the point? Um, and as I was thinking about shutting the show down, somebody from Japan reached out to me and said, because of your show, I decided not to take my life. Mm. And it was that moment where I said, okay, this is my calling. Yeah. I'm going to show up even if one person is listening. Right. Um, because look, we, we live in this world now 
where it's skewed by fake numbers and grandiose yeah. things and you know million of million followers on Instagram and this and that and the other thing like if we didn't have social media and I told you that a hundred people would show up to listen to you speak every single week would right. you show up like in a room that's yeah. what I always think like picture those numbers in a room 50 people a hundred people that's a hell of a lot of people it, it changed the game and and yeah. now you know now my show does really well fortunately but um but again that took consistency that took yeah. finding my voice that took being authentic uh, and it took a lot of time to grow it. But if I gave up back then, yeah. imagine not only what my life would look like, but what would the life of others look like? And so I always say, like, feel the fear, but do it anyway, right? Uh, like you have 100%. to take the action uh, yeah. in order to live the life that you're meant to live, even if you're not sure what it is, right? Like, right. just try new things yeah. and then try yeah. them consistently and see if it works out. Yeah, I think the entrepreneurial journey is literally a daily pivot. You know, especially with social media, if we're posting on social media, it's like, well, that didn't really work. Now I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to do this. It's like everybody wants the one answer. What Show me exactly what to do. And then I'm going to do that thing. And it's just going to go. And I'm like, no, no, no. You're going to do a thousand different things forever. It doesn't matter if you get to that point where you're technically on the mountaintop. You're still pivoting. You're still learning. Just like you said, you're still fearful. Like successful people don't lose the fear. They just have flex the muscle to walk through it, right? And I love what you said about that one message from the guy in Japan, because I think that's what is missing sometimes too for people. It's like connecting to their purpose, connecting to my goal is actually to serve. My goal is to impact. My goal is to just do this work in the world. And, you know, it's some, it's funny, somebody messaged me yesterday about a surf trip and they were like, do you surf? And I was like, well, I learned somewhere along the road to count it as a win if I got in the water, right? <laughs> like it is like, I, that's my win. It's not, did I surf 50 waves? Well, it's like, did I get in the water? And it's the same thing in business. It's like, did I show up and serve? Did I, you know, record the podcast? Did I create the social media post to impact, to create change, to hopefully help someone? And you have to put your head on the pillow at night and say, I'm successful because of the impact, not I'm successful because of the metrics. Mm, yeah. yeah. You know, I have a dear friend named Brian Bogert who often says, and I don't know if it's necessarily his quote, but I always like to give credit where I hear it from. Yeah. But he often says, I'd rather, I'd rather go through pain now than suffer for the rest of my life. Yes. And so to understand a, a minute moment of pain, a minute moment of discomfort, mm -hmm. um, to push through that barrier, uh, to understand that you're going to live a life that you're, and I always like to say a life that you're meant to live, right? In the self-development mm -hmm. space, we live in a world where they tell you that you should be like me. Uh, and it's right. exhausting and I hate it. But the reality is like, how can I allow you to live the life that you're meant to live? And honestly, if you're the life that you want to live is, you know, being a great parent and, you know, yep. living for the week, working for the weekends and doing all that. Great. I support that. Like, yeah, my job is not to tell you what you're meant to do. But if you feel like you're being called to do something greater, that moment of discomfort is going to be worth every single second for the rest of your life. Uh, yes. And I often think about that stuff. Like there are moments where, you know, in, in our space, and I don't know if you host events, Maura, but um, in our space, sometimes we ask big asks. Yeah. Uh, and it's very, very uncomfortable. And, um, you know, but I, I I know that if I get that person in the right room or I make that mm -hmm. connection 
whatever, a life will shift. You know, life will change, life will grow. So I'm going to get uncomfortable. I'm going to jeopardize some things. I'm going to see what I can do to to make it, to make it a bigger impact. Uh, And so I think that again, finding your purpose is the key uh, to getting uncomfortable. And then once you get uncomfortable, the rest takes care of itself. Yes. And you said something earlier that I want to clarify, because I feel like I'm working with a lot of women just like right now with this, they're like, well, I know my purpose. Like they kind of have clarity around the greater calling, but they're like, but I don't know the how. I don't know what that looks like. Am I, you know, one-on-one coaching? Am I doing group coaching? Like in what capacity am I supposed to do this purpose? And that's where I'm like, you just got to try it. Like you got to try it a million different ways. Maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's a coaching program, but you aren't going to figure it out sitting in your living room, pondering it you only figure it out through action. You only get good at the thing through action, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. So, I, I years ago I did a solo episode of my podcast called "Find Your Mouse," mm-hmm. um, and we talk about Walt Disney, right? Walt Disney drew Mickey Mouse after his old character got stripped away from him, and he felt lost, and he was on a train ride out to I think California or something, and he drew Mickey on this train ride out. And obviously now we know the history of Disney. It's one of the biggest companies in the world. Uh, More people probably know Disney than any other brand in the world. Um, And it's, and I'll start it with a mouse, right? So you have to find your mouse. My mouse was a $60 microphone that I bought when I started a podcast seven years ago. Right. Your mouse could, again, it could be a book. It could be speaking on stages. It could be a blog, whatever, but you have to try. And then to take it a step further, you have to try consistently. Mm. Like, it's not like, okay, hey, I launched one podcast episode. Nobody listened. So that's not it. No, like part of it is like, hey, give it a try. If you are enjoying it and it's fun, keep doing it. And that could absolutely 100% be your vehicle uh, to grow an audience, to, to teach, to make an impact. And then when you come, when it comes to group and one on one, I hate one-on-one coaching. Very, very rarely <laughs> will I ever bring that into my space. Right. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things that like I had to do one-on-one coaching first before yeah. I figured out like this is right. This is not for me. Um, yes. And so you have to try different things. Yeah. I feel like for me, it's like I will get clear on something and I'll get super stoked about it and be like, this is it. And so you kind of want to get to that point where you're like full steam ahead with the podcast or whatever it is you're doing. But then, like you said, often I'm like, and eh, no, this isn't it. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, but I, I can't figure that out before I'm actually in it. So here's a really good question for you. Cause I actually think about this a lot and I don't know if I know the answer. There's part of this world that we're like, you got to stay consistent on the days you don't want to, you got to stay consistent when you want to give up. You got to stay consistent when it sucks. But when is the point that we should actually go, I don't want to do this anymore. I think something else is calling. Cause I think that's a kind of a messy area. That's hard to, you know, stick with, say somebody is in either we could say the podcast world or the network marketing world, and it's just not working for them, but all they're hearing is don't quit on a bad day. You got to stay consistent. And they're like, I'm so confused. I'm supposed to follow my purpose. I don't know what that is. You told me to take action before I knew what that was. This isn't really panning out. When do you, do you have any clarity or answers around that? It's a really good question. Um, and I, and I think here's the thing, right? I, it's such an end I think it's hard to come with up with a, 
a blanket answer to that because it's such an individual question, yeah. right? You talk about network marketing, you've had great success in that space. And, and I applaud anybody who's had great success in that space. But I also see people all the time, every three weeks, they're at a different network uh, network yeah. marketing thing, yeah. right? And or a different company or whatever. And you're like, well, clearly these are two separate types of people. And right. maybe network marketing just isn't the thing, right? For that individual that jumps every three weeks to the next one. But the problem is you really have to assess, am I doing the actual work or am I saying yes. I'm doing the work? Oh. That's that's yeah. the difference, right? And that's why it's an individual's question because um, the reality is I can sit in my office all day. Well, whether I do work or not is the, the yeah. other answer, right? Like I'm done work most days around 2 p.m. And the reason I'm yeah. done work most days around 2 p.m. is because I'm really efficient. Yeah. Like I just do the things I need to do and then I'm done. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there's certain days where I don't want to do it. So here's yep. what I do in those days. And maybe this might help somebody out. Um, if I don't want to work on something or say, I don't want to work out or I don't want to do something right. I will literally put my phone on do not disturb mm-hmm. and I will commit 15 minutes to mm-hmm. taking real action in that space, mm-hmm. right. To lifting the weights, to going on a run, to whatever. And I'll do 15 minutes of it. And at the 15 minute mark, if I feel like I don't want to do it, I'll stop. I love that. But nine times out of 10, you don't, I stop. do, I get 15 minutes in. I'm like, I'm knocking this shit out. I'm just going right. to finish. Right. right. Like, so you just stay focused on it. And so I love the 15 minute rule yes. uh, in those moments of like, I don't feel like I'm, I yeah. want to do this. Right. Like yeah. in, in sales or network marketing or whatever, the cold outreach, right? Like the mm-hmm. scary ass cold outreach. Yeah. Cool. Put it on. Do not disturb. 15 minutes of truly, truly doing it, right? I was in sales. I was in, it wasn't network marketing, but it was very build your leads, do all, you do it all yourself. Um, The worst part was setting appointments and making phone calls. So I had to lock, like I actually would go in the office and I would lock myself in the closet in the office and I would just make phone calls and I would do it for 15 minutes at a time and be like, all right, is this, am I feeling this or am I not feeling this? Right. Right. Um, and so I think you have to assess and, and again, be self-aware. We keep going back to self-awareness, Yeah. Um, but be self-aware. Like, are you actually doing the work? Or are you right. saying you're doing the work? Right. Like when you're trying to build a business, you putting a post on social media, isn't enough. No. Like I don't care. And I don't care how many yeah. followers you have. Like right. I have clients that have tr- true, uh, real millions of followers, not bought millions of followers. Yeah. And they'll post them. They'll be like, Justin, I still got to reach out to people. Yeah. I still have to put in the work. I still yeah. have to do the one-on-one reach. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you have to put in the work. Yeah. I love that clarity of asking yourself, A, are you really doing the work? Because most people in that situation really aren't, you know, and you can be exhausted from an eight hour day, but not have done the things that actually move the needle so much. And I love what you said about 15 minutes because it's kind of a mind trick, right? It is a mind trick. And it's like one of those things you pull out that you're like, this is how I do it. And I very much do that. You know, it's like, I get super clear in the morning, like what are the two or three most important things I got to do? And we had to record at 10 AM and it's 9 AM. I'm sitting like unshowered, you know, hadn't put any makeup on. And I'm like, okay, I, I've got to knock out these two things by 930 so that I can like go look halfway decent and get on camera. Like, it's like these time chunks that, I'm like, why? And and you said it earlier, you know, experience the pain now for the pleasure later. I was like, I don't want to do this stuff at 12 o'clock, one o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock. I'm like, just freaking rip the bandaid off, get it done. But there are always going to be parts of your business 
Because I think that's the other thing. People think like, oh, if I can get there and I can be in this dream place, I don't care how dreamy you think it is. There are parts of everything that suck, you know, and you have to embrace the suck sometimes. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, I I actually said this quote yesterday on a podcast, like Biggie Small said it best, right? Mo money, mo problems. Like, (laughs) yes, I guarantee you the more success you have, you're still going to have problems. They're just different problems. Uh, Right. Absolutely. Um, And and so. Yeah, there's always that next thing you have to push through, that next thing, right? I talk a lot about limiting beliefs and the fact that we all have them. And the reason I say that we all have them is there's a lot of people in this world that people put on pedestals Mm -hmm. that I happen to have built friendships with. And I can tell you that they have limiting beliefs just like you and I. It might not be around the fact that somebody can, you know, click the follow button on their thing or the fact they can't make a billion dollars or the fact, whatever, but it could be, hey, am I a good father? Right. Am, am I, is it, am I able to be a good father? Am I able to be a good husband? Am I able to truly be a good friend? Do, am, you know, did this money make me fake? Like all these limiting yeah, beliefs yes. that they could possibly have, they still have them. Um, yeah. There's no, like, ah, I've arrived. Right. Um, and right. that's the beauty of life, right? Because the goal of this life is to grow yeah. every single day, to become a better you every single day, uh, because there is no arrival. And I can tell you uh, for a fact, like I, I look, Here's the thing. If you tell me your goal is to make a million dollars, I champion that. Please go make a million dollars, right? But I promise the second you get to that million, you're mm-hmm. going to go, okay, now how do I make 10? Right. right? There's it's there's no never, end. It, there's never an end. Absolutely. Never. And it, it's the human condition, right? Like yeah. there, there's like this always this need and this want for more. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality was, you know, to rewind back into my story, when I, when I had that realization of like, oh, I don't love myself either. I realized that I was chasing entrepreneurship, the money, the car, the girl, mm-hmm. the, everything else, because society told me as a white mm-hmm. man in America, that if I got those things, then yes. all of a sudden I could be, I would be happy. Yeah. Right. Um, but it was the exact opposite. I had to go internal to find that happiness. And once you're able to do that internal part, the money becomes easy. The relationships right. become easy. Right. Um, it's really about figuring out and rewiring that inside of you. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh, so much. Like I was just thinking about when you were talking about there's always more and there's always a learning curve and there's always battles. I was backstage with Brendan Bouchard and he had just walked off stage. I feel like Brendan is probably live wise, the best speaker I've ever seen. And I love seeing the man speak. And he came backstage and he was so human. I mean, Brendan is like, you know, so real, but he was like, ah, I messed up the slides. I didn't have the clicker. Right. I think I like messed up that story. And I was like his thought process coming off stage and, you know, he's not being like hard on himself. He's not down. He's just kind of making observations, but I'm like, wait, the greatest speaker in the world, like <laughs> messes his slides up and miss, you know, does everything, all these things wrong. And it's just so refreshing. And I think that's sometimes what you and I have had the great experience to have these amazing conversations with these incredibly successful humans that so many people admire. They're just real people too, with the same struggles. And going back to what you said about what keeps me going all the time is like, I I have to care more about other people than I do my own ego is what I always say. So in those moments where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this big ask or I don't want to share this vulnerable thing. I'm like, there are a million Moiras out there that are at rock bottom, which I have been at, that are depending on me to show up. And I have got all the trust and faith in the world in that and that my message can help. And that just gets me over my in an instant, you know, because so we have to take the focus off of us 
And I think we are in such a society where it, it is all about us. It is all about our numbers. It is all about our followers. It is all about the money. And it's like, just like you said, when you pursue passion and service, game over on the money. Like it just comes, right? It mm-hmm. comes, the success will come and you got to work smart. You got to work in those 15 minute increments. Yeah. I really want to go back to your story. I love that you talked about self-love kind of being the thing that was lacking. And so in those first couple of years in the podcast, like what did that journey look like for you? When were those kind of moments of, you know, transformation? What, what did that look like? Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously a couple of things, right. There was no, there was not one moment where I was like, Oh, I figured it out. Yeah. Um, I, what I realized it was a couple of things when we talk about trying to figure out self-love, right. Number one is to go easy on yourself. Mm. Um, you know, I talk about the five people that surround yourself with, right. The cheerleader, the bruiser, the softy, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yes. And I'm a bruiser. And yeah. so the unfortunate part is when you're a bruiser and in your head all the time, like mm-hmm. nothing is ever quite enough. Right. Yeah. And so it's funny as you ask these types of questions to men and women, they would vary, right? Women were very much soft about it, right? Very, very, hey, you have to take some time for yourself. You have to be easy on yourself. You have to be forgiving. And men were very much like, you have to build structure, right? You have to make sure you're doing this, 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 and this. Uh, And so I think that I took a little, little pieces of both, right? Um, Although at times I'm still hard on myself, I I found a a great balance in like the understanding that like, it's okay, right? Like if, if your vision didn't come to full fruition, like it's okay, right? You have to, you have to accept it, right? This is how it's meant to be like that whole mindset. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, I found that as a service or a serving driven entrepreneur, like most of us Mm -hmm. are, especially in the podcast space, um, we tend to pour into other people all the time, mm-hmm. right? Like we will forget ourselves. We will give, 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 give until there's nothing left to give. Yeah. Uh, and so I ask a question, every single guest on my show, and this was really the answer to self-love. And I didn't realize it until years later. Mm-hmm. Um, the first part of the question that I ask is what's your definition of success? Mm-hmm. The second part is what are three things you do every single day to ensure that success for yourself? Uh, and I, somebody asked me a question years ago and said, what's a common theme with all the people that you interview? Like you mind, I interview comedians and actors and reality stars and and entrepreneurs and like all these people. They come from all walks of life. Yeah. But I realized the common theme was from that question. And the three things they did every single day were to, were to serve themselves in some way, shape, or form, mm. whether it be meditation or working out or whatever, right? Like they would do those things. And when I started to implement, I, I now not have four non-negotiables every single day. Um, but when I started to implement that, the loving myself became easier because all yeah. of a sudden my cup was full. And when your mm-hmm. cup is full, it's a lot easier to be like, oh, you yeah. know what? Things are going well. Like, this is good. Like, life is good. Uh, you know, and I, when I spoke at the event, I talked about how I just re- I just got married a month ago. Yeah. So it was like three Congrats. weeks out from the wedding. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah. And for the longest time, my lack of self-love really reflected into my love relationships. Mm-hmm. And then I finally got to a point through coaches and all these other things that um, you know, I loved myself and I loved my life and I was cool with being single and I didn't attach my worth to a relationship and all yeah. these things. And then I met my now wife and I was like, really? Once I got to the point where I was, I was happy alone, but the secret was because I was happy alone, I got to attract the wife that I needed. Right. Right. Um, and so, you know, self-love is really the answer to all the world's problems. I really yeah. feel like 
if and it's and it's tough because I think it's an again it's an individual thing. Yeah. Right. Like, but if the world could figure out self love, um, which makes it easier to love others, which makes it easier mm-hmm. to not want conflict, which makes it easier to not disrupt the path we're supposed to be living. Yeah. I think that this world would be healed, like literally Absolutely. healed. Absolutely. No war, no anything, right? Yeah. No addiction. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I'm glad I figured it out for me. And yeah. I hope that if I don't give tips and tricks for people to figure it out for themselves, I hope I inspire them to do the work that they need to yeah. figure it out. Yeah. I love that. Um, I really want to know what your four non-negotiables are though. What are, what are those? <laughs> Let's go back to that. <laughs> yeah. So the, the first one is I move my body in some way, shape or form, whether it's a morning walk with my wife or lifting weights or whatever. Right. I, I told you, you get the hat because I just finished my workout right before yeah. <laughs> we hit record. So moving my body in some way, shape or form. The second thing is I do a daily visualization practice where I, I, I tie my vision into my emotions. Yes. Um, so all, all my emotions, all of my senses, uh, and I, I get to picture where I'm going. And it could be as simple as, hey, I've got an interview with Moira today. How do, yep. What do I want the outcome to be like? What's the yes. emotion, right? Yes. Uh, or big vision, right? Like, where do I see myself at 70? Like, what's that yeah. feel like? Yeah. Uh, the third thing is uh, I learn something new every single day. So whether yeah. that's in a conversation, reading Writing a book, listening down. to a podcast, whatever, I learn something new every single day. And then the fourth one is I reach out to somebody I care about every single day and just let them know I'm thinking about them. And when I say that last one, everybody's always like, but that's not, that's filling somebody else's cup. Like you're saying you're thinking about them or whatever, but it fills my cup to know that I can be there for somebody. And I'm in a position where I can be there for somebody. And what I've found is, you know, doing this for so long now, um, there's very few days I go without getting a text from somebody that says, Hey, how, how's everything going? Yeah. Uh, it has become this great reciprocal thing that I've been able to accidentally build. Uh, and those four things are my non-negotiables. It's not a huge morning routine. Two right. of those things can take five minutes. Right. Um, and so for me, it's like, this fills my cup. And if, yeah. as long as I check those off my box every day, at night, I lay I lay my head on the pillow and go, today was a win. Um, and then of course, there's wins in between too. That is like, I love checklists. I love, you know, th- I'm just, that's how my brain works. And those four things, I mean, you, if you do those every single day, you will, there's no way to not have a happy life. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I think you just nailed the secret to a happy life. And I also love that when you said move my body, it wasn't, you know, I do a 60 minute, you know, hardcore, you know, whatever, that there's so much grace in there. And I think that's even for that one particular thing out of the four, I want people to recognize like where the self-love is in there, because sometimes self-love is getting your butt out of bed and putting in a hardcore workout. Like sometimes that's the most loving thing you can do. And sometimes the most loving thing you can do is let yourself sleep and go for a 20 minute leisurely walk with the dog. You know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. look the same every single day. It's always different. And it's like, I love to think about, I always talk about like the ceiling and the floor. And I think it's Trent Shelton that talks about that. I'm like, hold yourself to this crazy ceiling that in the world's most perfect day, you know, you're going to freaking knock it out of the park and you're going to do that insane workout and you're going to feel really good about yourself, but you got to have a floor. You've got to have your non-negotiable that you're still giving to yourself, but this is your non-negotiable. Go for a walk with the dog. I also want to ask you about your visualization practice because I I teach this process called VPM3 and I always talk about manifesting being three parts, see it, feel it, and take action. And I think sometimes people are forgetting about the feel it part or the see it part or the action part, right? They're just like, you know, writing down, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm I'm like, not that easy. (laughs) There's a little bit more to it. 
but what do you do for your visualization practice? Do you listen to something guided? Do you, how do you do that? I'm sure it looks a little different every day. It looks, a, it looks a little different every day. Um, when I'm really intentional about it, meaning like, Hey, I really, I really want to get something locked in. I want this big vision to come to fruition. Yes. I'll play certain music, um, mm-hmm. certain songs that will pump me up in some way, shape or form or make me feel emotion. Uh, yes. and I simply just close my eyes and I envision what it would look like, feel like, smell like what the emotional tie to it would be. Uh, And I literally, again, I tie in all of my senses and there are moments, there are times where when I'm visualizing long-term things and I'm an old man, like I, my eyes get teary, right? Like, cause I'm there, I'm there. Uh, And so the power of that is, is really this, right? Because look, I understand the spiritual side of things. Like I've explored it. I've done it. I've done, you know, energy healings and all the things in between, but here is the, the, I, but I hate the spiritual side of things of like, oh, just think it and it'll happen. And, <laughs> right. and if it doesn't happen, the universe didn't want you to have it. Like, right. that's not how that works. Right. But right. when you tie all of those things, all of your senses and your emotions to it, you want to get there so bad that the action yeah. becomes easy. Yeah. It's easy to pick up the phone and make that phone call. Yep. It's easy to put in the work. It's easy to do the things that are uncomfortable because I go, well, I want that. And I'm yeah. not going to have that in my life yeah. if I don't do this, 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 and this. And so that for me is the power of visualization. It just makes it easier to take that first step or that next <laughs> step. Percent. Uh, and so that's really my process. So it, again, it's different, a little bit different every day. I found that some of my greatest, uh, you know, uh, visualization practices have been when I'm driving. I obviously don't mm. close my eyes, um, <laughs> but if you're in the car by yourself, yeah. crank that music that's inspiring oh you and it makes you feel like you're in that, that spot. And just visualize everything. Like when I look at like my events that I've done, right? Yeah. So 2019 was my first big event. Um, 200 people came, like uh, Fabio Viviani from Top Chef spoke and Albie Manzo from Real Housewives in New Jersey. And I'm just like this guy trying to figure it out. Like I was a year into being an entrepreneur. Like it was like quick. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to do this thing. And I visualized it every single day. Yeah. What's it look like? How many people do you want there? who's on the stage, what music is going to be involved, mm. the whys, everything else in between. And it came, the only thing that was off from my vision to reality were the screens that they used behind the stage were smaller than I wanted them to be. <laughs> and I said this to like the audio people, the people who set it up and they're yeah. like, oh, we could have made them bigger. Oh. I'm like, oh, come on. Right. So ev- <laughs> literally everything else went off without a hitch. Um, and somebody walked up to me that morning before the event started and they said, Hey man, you nervous. I go, no, I've already done it 10,000 times. Yes. And it was probably the only time before I spoke uh, at anything uh, that I was not nervous. Yeah. And it was just because this has been, it it wasn't just a year of visualization. This was a lifetime of visualization to that, that 2019 event. Um, And so, so yeah, it's a powerful thing when you, when you can lock it in, it's a very powerful thing. I hope that people are really taking this and not just doing what frustrates me. It's like listening to podcasts all day long and then not taking action. This is what we're talking about, people. Visualization is key. I mean, it is it is such a powerful part. I think we spend an insane amount of time listening to podcasts, reading books, but then we're never doing the two-minute daily action that has the power to change it all. I did it this morning at that 930 mark when I was like, I got to go, I got to get ready. You know, I'm like, did my, my two 15 minute things. And then I was like, I want to visualize. So same thing. I pulled up a song, shut my eyes. I read my vision real quick, shut my eyes. I didn't even listen to the whole song. I hit pause and like, you know, hop to the next thing, but I got two minutes in like, that's how quickly you can sneak in. I just got to see it for a minute. I just got to mm-hmm. see it. 
and I got to feel it. And just like you, and this is because I know this is where people get caught up, but how do I do it? And what do I picture? And it's like, you can't do it wrong. You know, sometimes I'm picturing things 20 years out. Sometimes I'm picturing the day. Sometimes I'm picturing where I want to end the year. It doesn't matter. Like there aren't details that need to be right or wrong. It's just whether you're doing it or not. You know, are you pregnant or are you not pregnant? Are you doing it or you're not doing it? There's no wiggle room there. Just do it. Just do it. That's it. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. Let's go back to the podcast. If you don't mind, talk to us because I know there's so many people out there that want to launch a podcast that do feel like that's an avenue for their purpose, an avenue for them to kind of get their work out into the world, but they're just locked up, right? Like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know where to begin. That was me. I mean, I know my first podcast episode was, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Why am I wearing headphones when I have a mic in front of me? Like, I don't understand any of this, but I'm walking through the fear. But do you have some advice for people in the podcast world that want to, I think, first off, want to start a podcast, but then also people out there with podcasts on how to scale that? Yeah, so um, so podcasting is still very much a part of my world. I own two uh, own two companies that are involved within the podcast space. One, we create social media content that's algorithm friendly for podcasters, and the other one, we help people with the the launch process. But um, here's the thing. So first of all, I love what you said about people like oh, I just don't know what to do. I don't mm-hmm. blah blah blah. So here comes the bruiser and Justin. Like excuses and the nails have built the house of failure, right? Yes. Like, Say, that you, Say that again. Say that again. Excuses are the nails that built the house of failure. Oh, so good. Uh, and so you going, I don't know how to do it. That's an excuse, right? Like mm-hmm. seven years ago when nobody was podcasting, I still found an online course of how to record, how to upload, right. how to edit, how to do all those things. Uh, now it's free on Google, right? So that's an excuse. Um, so many people come to me and they launch their show as they work through some of our companies and they go, oh my God, I wish I started this five years ago yeah. when yeah. I thought about it, right? And so, you know, I look at the success I have in the podcast space and I go, it's because I started seven years ago. Right. Um, and so imagine if you started seven years ago, when you first Ugh, told me you wanted to start I a podcast. I wish that I had started so, it seven years ago. Yeah. So look, don't, so here, here's my advice and actual tips, right? Number one, um, don't overthink it, right? Yeah. Like so many people are like, well, what equipment do I need? How much is that going to cost? Blah, blah, blah. I literally built an Inc. Magazine top podcast with a $60 microphone. Now I've upgraded since then, but like, that's what I built it on. Like the yeah. first number of years, it was a $60 microphone and we started on Skype. I don't even know if anybody uses Skype anymore. <laughs> so like now we're on Zoom, right? We've we've upgraded. Uh, and so that's number one, right? Don't overthink it. Number two is when you launch a show, you want to give people a taste of what you're bringing to the table. The biggest, mm-hmm. and I always share this tip because it was a huge mistake I made. When I launched the podcast, I released one episode day one uh, and that was it. Uh, but you want to give people a reason to subscribe. So, yeah. so you have to understand behaviors of podcast listeners. One, um, they're binge listeners. They will listen mm-hmm. to many, many episodes back to back. Like people find my show now and they're like, I've listened to every single episode in the last three months. Like That's I have awesome. over 450 episodes. Like you're insane. Wow. Right. That's crazy. Um, so they're binge listeners. Number two, uh, they want to make sure that you're going to stick around and you're mm-hmm. in it, in it for the long haul. So understand that it's a long game. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you want to release multiple episodes day one and then commit to it. And, and I didn't do that, by the way. So like failure over here, but I'm still podcasting. Right. Like we also <laughs> made it. all these mistakes. We're, we're trying to help you. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. And, and the reality was like, I made these mistakes, which is why I share these tips now, right? Like yes. I didn't do it the right way. Yeah. Uh, and it took me a really long time to build an audience, but you know, and then on the flip side is like, be commit to a year. If you're going to do it, say I'll do, I'll do 52 episodes, right? Like that's yeah. easy. That's a simple 52 episodes. I'm committing to this and then see where it goes. Yeah. Um, and, and so as far as like scaling and growing and all that stuff, I take a completely different approach about podcasting now than I ever did before. Uh, the reason is I used to teach how to grow an audience, right? Like yeah. the the tips of like certain things on social media and guests to go on other podcasts. And these things do work. Um, it's just a little bit harder now because it's a much more crowded space than it was five right. years ago. Um, so I always say, look at the three P's of podcasting. One, uh, build a platform, right? Show up the right way. Like, is your branding on point? Is your social media on point? Is everything look professional? Are you mm-hmm. matching the people that are truly the, the big names in the in the space, right? Joe Rogan, Lewis Howes, those people. Yeah. Does it look as good as them? Number two uh, is positioning. Like, are you connected with the right people mm-hmm. to help you help raise your profile, right? Like Gabby Bernstein has been on my show twice, I had a company reach out to me and say, hey, we want to sponsor your show because you've had Gabby on. Right. They never asked me my download numbers. They paid me more than what my my per thousand downloads would be. Right. Um, and it was a win-win for everybody, right? So are you yeah. positioning yourself the right way by having the right guests on? Uh, and then the third thing is partnership, right? Like you want to get rewarded for the work you're doing, right? So are yeah. you creating the right partnerships? Like the last partnership I brought onto my show, they signed on for 12 episodes over the course of six months. Um, and they paid me $20,000. Uh, when I did the math on like per thousand downloads, they should have paid me $3,800. So when you build a platform and you position yourself the right way, people will pay you for that because you've built a strong community, whether it's a hundred people or 10,000 people. Like if you've built a strong community, um, people will pay you for that. And from that standpoint, it gives you more fuel to add to the fire of the purpose that you're trying to drive. Um, that's why you need to get paid because, um, you have something really important to say yeah. and that's why you have a podcast. And so if you get paid to do it, it makes it easier to continue to perform and reach more people and make a bigger impact. That's just yeah. the reality. I love that. I've, I, I'm hesitant to ask this question, but that means I'm going to ask it right. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I should, because I truly have never scratched the surface, nor I just don't think it's worth my time to think about like w- what do podcasts look like monetarily on the on the big end of things because for me it is so like just my passion project and i freaking love it so much and i also make enough money elsewhere that i'm like i just want to give this to the world i just want to mm-hmm. show up and serve in this way but i for so this is a question from me but also for my audience to also encourage them because so often I have started to pursue something out of passion. And then I've been like, I think this is like, you know, this could be big, you know, like, and I think that's a cool thing to be able to come into different revenue streams that way. But what does this look like for top podcasters? I don't even know the business behind podcasting really. Oh, it's, it's, again, it's a forever evolving and changing thing. Um, Thanks to good old John Lee Dumas, the price point of what people would pay you for a sponsorship is not enough. Uh, I think it's something like $23 per every thousand downloads. Now I told you earlier that 80% of shows are doing less than a hundred downloads an episode. Right. right. So you're, so what you're saying is your hundred people that will literally jump through hoops for you and buy whatever you want them to buy are worth $2 and 30 cents to a sponsor. That's why I talk partnership versus sponsorship. It's a completely different ball game. Um, Now, when you're looking at like high level right now, there's celebrities in the game. You've got the Joe Rogans of the world. You've got all these people. 
um, they are more about building long-term partnership, right? Spotify paid Joe Rogan over a hundred million dollars uh, just for him to be just on their platform. Uh, there's also oh, a number of other ones through oh, bar. They pulled people away from Barstool Sports and paid them sixty million dollars. And well, and will you clarify real quick though? Partnership versus you said partnership versus sponsorship. Like we is that or that's what you said, right? Yeah. So sponsorship is so defining like, okay, that for the audience here. Yeah. So sponsorship is, Hey, like we're going to pay you CPM, which is per thousand downloads or thousand listens. That's a sponsorship. A partnership to me is like, Hey, I'm going to take care of you. You're going to take care of me. Right. What does that look like? Right. Like, yeah, we'll run ads, but are there other opportunities for us to, is it an email? Is it a social media? Is it a connection? Is it an introduction? Um, Like all those things. It's really about, Hey, I'm in this with you instead Mm -hmm. of you just paying me to slap an ad up. Right. Like I'm not a radio station. I only bring people on. I only take money from people with companies that I believe in. Like I get reached out to all the time of people be like, Hey, we want to sponsor your show. I'm like, no, like I would never use your product. I would never, I never care for like any of this stuff. So no. Um, And And I applaud you for that. Thank you, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cause being in this social media space, you know, I made a decision maybe six or nine months ago that I was like, I'm just not even doing brand partnerships anymore. I was like, it's, it's pulling me away from the work that I'm supposed to be doing in the world. Now, if something came along that I was like obsessed with, then I'll, then I'll talk, uh, you know, we'll have a conversation, but I just, I literally took that lucrative revenue stream completely away from myself because I just wasn't willing to play the game anymore. I'm like, this feels so inauthentic and I don't want to do it, you know? So that's, and there's just a lot of noise out there with money where people are promoting things and sounding like they're super passionate about it, but it's an, ex- it's an exchange, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like I had yeah. a company um, called bio optimizers reach out to me. Um, and I looked into them and they had a product that I was interested in. And I was mm-hmm. like, look, the only way you can sponsor my show is if I try this product first, because I've been looking, I was like looking for a sleep aid and they have magnesium yeah. that they say is like the best magnesium to help you sleep. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, so send me some magnesium. Let me try it out for a month. And then yep. if it works, I'll have, we'll run some ads. And we, and it was, it's an amazing product, by the way. It, I don't know how much they sold on the back end from my yeah. show, but like they've sold enough to me to more than, more than pay for right. whatever, because once the sponsorship ran up, I now pay for it. And like, I literally have like six bottles in my closet. Well, I, and I'm um, going to order it as soon as we get off this, because my brain so won't good. stop at night. And I, I mean, I was up to like one thirty last night. Like I can't, turn it off. I'm exhausted and I just can't turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. So. My, my big thing with sleep was I would, I could fall asleep fairly okay, but it was staying asleep. I'd wake mm. up and then my brain would start going. Yeah. So magnesium helps you stay asleep. Yeah. Um, and so I take it two hours before bed and then I sleep really, really, really well mm. um, when I, when I do that. So highly recommend that. Anyway, there's another ad for bio-optimizers. Yes. <laughs> um, so, but, but like, I had to try the product first before I right. brought it on. And honestly, like I also make enough money outside of the podcast. Like right. it's always just kind of like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. There's an extra stream yeah. of income for a short period of time or whatever. Um, I really just run ads for my own company, pod brand, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, but that's that. And so that helps me either way. Right. Um, but my whole thing is like, I listen to some of these podcasts. I'm like, oh my God, like how many ads are you going to throw right. in the beginning of this thing? Yes, like I just, I, I refuse to do that. I will only put one ad per episode, like yeah. all those types of things. And so, so yeah, I just try and if it feels good, I do it. If it doesn't, I don't. Right. Right. Well, and I just want to throw this out there before we wrap on this note, because I've had brands reach out to me and say, you know, you're, you'll get the product, you know, Wednesday afternoon, 
we want you to post on Thursday, Monday. And I'm like, it's skincare. Like you want me to use it one time for six hours and then post about it. Like that's the world. And I have been like hard. No, absolutely hard. No. And then they're pissed, you know, and I'm like, this is not, this is not something I can get behind. Um, so I just want to throw that out there. So listeners kind of understand the world of what they're being influenced into sometimes, sometimes it's authentic. Sometimes it's absolutely not. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, I don't want this to end. How, how have we talked this long? So I know this is great. I just looked at the clock too. I was like, I know I just looked up. I was like, how did that happen? So I'm going to turn your question around on you. So, well, you kind of shared your four things, so that takes it out of the game, but, um, because those four things move, visualize, grow, learn, reach out to somebody. I mean, I want everyone to take that into their life, but how would you define success? Uh, so how I define success is I want to be able to do what I want, when I want with who I want. Um, and I know that's, that's an answer a lot of people say, but the reality is like the most important piece of that is who I want. And I've been really, really, really intentional uh, with surrounding myself with the right people in my life. Um, Long-term friends. Like I, you know, again, I got married a month ago. Um, My four groomsmen, the shortest friendship out of my four groomsmen was 18 years. Um, And so I always say that says so much about somebody. And when we have, for those of us that have kids, you better make sure the spouse that they pick has long-term friendships because that speak that says so much about someone. Yeah, so I always I, I always say that. it speaks it speaks volumes of them that they've put up with me for so long, right? <laughs> uh, and and so I feel blessed to have that. But then to be really intentional of like who are the people that I spend the most time with? Who are the yeah. people that I choose to walk forward with me in this life? And I get to pour into them, and they pour into me. Um, and so to know that I have the right people surrounding me at all times is the greatest gift that I can have in this life. Um, And then I've been able to build a life where I get, I pretty much get to do what I want when I want pretty much all the time. Not, not a hundred percent of the time, but we're getting dang close. Like I, I would say in the next five years, I hope to not have to work. Um, And and what I mean by that is like, if I want to do something, I'll do it. Right. Um, So really like completely get, sit down at a desk, work off my plate. Um, yeah. because, uh, you know, that's the life I've always wanted to build. And that yeah. also means I have the financial freedom to do what mm-hmm. I want and so many more things in between. Absolutely. I love that answer. Well, Justin, thank you so much. Thank you for all your wisdom. This episode was like just magic so much, so much goodness. Thanks for being on. Thanks for just being in my life. And it's been a pleasure having you. Yeah. Thank you. This was, this was great. I look forward to staying connected and, and see where our friendship goes. Absolutely. That's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thanks for listening. I want to remind you to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That would be super, super helpful to us. And share in your social media. Tag me. I love hearing what you guys have to say, your takeaways, all the things. So make sure you're tagging me in your social media posts when you share the episodes and we will see you next week.